episode 12 of The Playground Project with me, your host, Tanya Pomerantz. Can you believe it? I am so excited to hit this number and to welcome my mystery guest on today's episode. Before we continue, I would just like to thank you for spending your time with me and invite you to follow the podcast wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode is a wonderful mix of orange and blue as my friend and entrepreneur, Sharon Moore O'Brien, joins me on the playground. I am so excited to welcome onto the playground my friend, Sharon Moore. Sharon is an entrepreneur, extraordinaire, and an amazing person. And we've been friends for probably getting close to a decade, I guess. I would, yeah, I would say at least 10 years. Yeah. And I can remember the first time I met you when you came up to me, I had just finished a presentation at the, I don't know, Employment Ontario, something, something. Yep. And I was just amazed by you and your energy and excitement. And I still am. And now I want everybody to get to know you and hear about your journey, which has always fascinated me. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to chat. We're going to talk about careers. That's We're just going to kind of hang out and play. Does that sound like a plan? That's a plan. Do you know why I went up to you during that uh, during that little speech that you gave us all? I'm trying to remember. I you were impressed by me. Which I, I was, and <laughs> and I was, and I think that's you know that was uh, the beginning of uh, a great friendship. Yeah, it, you you were so engaging, and, and you know you, you, at that point I'd been through a lot of my life. We'll talk more about that. But you you, you captured me. You, you you made me cry. You made me laugh. Yeah, it was like it was fabulous. You know, and from that point on, I too have felt you know you're you're a remarkable woman. So I appreciate doing this. This is, in fact, the first time I've ever done a podcast. So we'll, uh, I'll give it my best shot. Well, you're already fabulous. And the podcast is fun. I mean, it's just, it's just sitting around, like, like, we're, we're on the playground, just talking. I feel like we're kind of just, you know, when you're younger, and or older, doesn't matter, you're sitting yeah. on a swing, and you're just kind of swinging back and forth. And just being that's yep. kind of how I feel when I'm around you you make me feel alive and happy oh my god so thank you it's that's so true nice. it's yeah. so true so let's go I know we're you know we're a little nowhere near high school anymore but let's let's go back to high school because this is where careers kind of start happening right so mm -hmm. you're from you're from Ottawa I sure. am yep all right cool you went to high school here and how, how, how was high school for you? High school was amazing. So here's a couple of things out of high school. I played a lot of competitive sport outside of high school. So my high school, right when school was over, except for two seasons a year, I had to run because I was playing at that point, competitive soccer and competitive hockey women's so that we did that, you know, five or six nights a, a week. My school friends were limited because they were wrapped up in my, in my sports that were outside of school, but I was part of the recreation committee at this, at the school. So I had a lot of daytime work that, that I had to do. I, I loved high school. Had a lot of people in high school that I loved and I worked hard at the school. I was really, really involved. The one thing that I that I did, and I had a lot of friends. The one thing I, I remember saying, and I say this to my kids, and I was in grade nine. I, you know, I looked around. You're such a fish out of water going into grade nine high school. I remember saying to myself, 
I, you know what, I'm going to be the best friend I can be to everybody here. And I, honest to God, live my life like that. You know, I try to be the best friend. I'm not, you know, people aren't always the best friend to me, but that is the one thing that I told my kids to take with them, be the best version of yourself, you know, and, and remember saying that to myself, standing in the middle of the high school yard. And, you know, to this day, that's just, that's the way I roll. But, um, so I loved, and, and I loved high school. I loved it. You know, and I loved the teachers. I had, you know, showers for some of my phys ed teachers. They became close friends. I married a phys ed teacher that was friends with people that I went to school with, small world. So it was a, it was a great starting place for me. I am delighted to hear this because for many people, high school was a, a tough go. And I'm not surprised that you, you know, were very sports oriented and all of that because one of the things that we've talked about on this podcast has been the colors. So listener, I have to tell you, if you haven't figured it out, Sharon is orange. She is bright, beautiful, deliciously, wonderfully orange. But she's also so, so blue. She's got a lot of blue. She's got a lot of wanting to make the world a better place. And you just heard her say, always be the best person you can be and be a, a good friend to everyone. You are sensational. That's what I have to say. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's yeah. I have my moments, but thanks. <laughs> so when you were not, you know, doing sports and being a good person, being nice to people, how did you do in school? Were you good at it? You know, I, I was good depending on the year. I think so. You know, I, my application to school was more in the social setting. I would have to say, you know, I was probably running a 75 average. I was not an 85 student because I didn't apply myself. I had way more fun things to do than to do homework, but I didn't struggle in school. I got, I got through it like everybody else. You know, I, I was, I was fine. Academically, I was fine. Yeah. I would say so. 75 is pretty darn good. I guess. I, guess. I think so. So then there you were, you're, you're making pretty good grades. What was your intent after school? To be a police officer, believe it or not, to go into the police force. I totally was, believe it. Yeah, that was my, uh, my love at the time. You know, I was right into Charlie's Angels and stuff. So I wanted to be like one of them. <laughs> I totally get that. I totally get that. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I was going to be Sabrina. That was my goal. And in fact, I, I signed up for law and security at, uh, at a gong, uh, and off I, off I went. It was great. Okay. Yeah. So take, take us there. So there you are, you're in law and security at the Algonquin. Great place. How did things go? They went well. There was four women in that class and, and 34 men, super physical. I, from that, I, I got my green belt in martial arts. We did a lot of training, physical training by police officers. It was grueling. But it was it was good, and and I, I went through that, made some made some good friends, really did. And uh, at that point, I was working with the city of Nepean, and I was doing you know a public skating cruiser because I was a you know I was a, a skater and stuff like that, and and part time rink rat and all kinds of things at the sportsplex um, here in Ottawa. And so, and I continued through that. I did a couple uh, of applications, Peel, Ottawa. Um, who else? And two or three applications to the police force, and they never panned out. And I always took it as a sign. You know, OPP was the third one. And mm -hmm. I, I continued to to work through the ranks at the, at the city of Nepean and then on to the city of Ottawa. 
And it was a couple times in in my my work career, I look back at, and my 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 son was in the RCMP application process. He's now a teacher, but we all sort of come from that, and we have a lot of friends that are police officers, you know. And I I look back a couple of times, wondering if that's where I should have went. I don't have any regrets not being there, but that's where I that's where my roots were coming out of high school. Like I went to grade thirteen and then doubled back into college, and that's where I thought I was going, and I was just really happy in the recreation world that, that I started and I never left for 32 years. Well, that sounds like a perfect little fit for you. Yeah, it, uh, well, you know, it's, it's not, it's not often you sort of sit there and, and talk on a podcast about your life in color, but yeah, it, I guess, I guess in the end it turned out, it turned out pretty cool. And it didn't end there, no. right? You're there for 30, 32 years? I was there, yeah. So I worked through the ranks. I hope I'm not boring too many people, but I, I, I worked through the ranks from public skating cruisers through to, you know, athletic center supervisor to at the sports specs and on to different facilities and ended up as the executive director for Bunk Club Riverside Community Center here in Ottawa. And I was in that role about 12 years. And prior to that, I was in that facility 21 years. So uh, my life from 20 to almost 50, you know, somewhere in my 40s was in that facility. And uh, it was the best times of my life, some of them. Oh, my God. But yeah, it was. uh, That's where I was um, for the longest of the biggest portion of my life. So far. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, there's still a lot left, right? I mean, yeah, there really is. That's (laughs) the the thing. It, It is. And there's some things that happened after you left there and to where you are now. How was that journey? So why I left there is is the the most interesting part. When uh, in in the early 2000s, 2007 to 2009, we had actually 2005, we had a big influx of um, immigrants come into the Hunt Club area and the area that my catchment area was about 60. 60 people like that was the, the catchment area for for Hunt Club, and they were all my people that that community center served. And we had an influx of people come into the community, change the face of the community in a really good way. And some of these people to this day are still my friends. But politically, it changed the, the face of, of politics in the area. And in a long story short, the politicians, some politicians got involved and uh, changed the the way things were, were running in the community center. And uh, politics in, in, in community recreation, I don't believe that politics should have any mm-hmm. place in community recreation. So um, I, I that was the beginning of the end for me. And and it just, I eventually, I eventually left because the, the politics were, were harming my staff. They were harming the community and I couldn't, I couldn't win. And I was actually told by, by a lawyer, by my lawyer, that you are not going to beat this, this politics. And I said, but, but it's hurting, it's hurting our community. And so I, I had to walk away from 21 years and, and left some of my best friends behind. And it was the hardest thing to this day, the hardest thing. I swear I have P- PTSD from it, leaving my, my people behind. So I did. And I, and I, you know, took a little time to myself to figure out, you know, what and Good Lord, am I going to do next? And because when you when you work in a position like that, you identify as that role. You were that community center director to sixty thousand people. Forget I had two thousand staff. You know, I had ten lead directors that worked under me. It was a big operation, but you I you you don't know what to do with yourself when you when you leave a role of that magnitude. And as small as it was in the in the in the global sense, in the community, it was it was much bigger. So. 
it was a it was a difficult moment in my life. Probably, you know, you know what, Tanya, probably the most difficult moment in terms of employment that I've ever that I've ever had. And at some point around this time, I'm probably getting, you know, relatively close to meeting meeting you. I'm searching for what I'm going to do next. I went to school, went to Ottawa U and did some some psychology training because at the level I came from, I felt that would be super helpful understanding, you know, behavior at all levels. Mm-hmm. And I did that while I went through what, uh, you know what, and it, it, what so happened is my parents both got very sick at that time. And I hope I've got all my timeline straight. But and with the and I I lost them within a year of each other. But I brought mm-hmm. my my dad into the home, and I was just so able to do that into my home and care for him for about a year um, until he passed away. And in that time, I would not have been able to do that in the role that I was in previous to that. And, you know, my husband's a a teacher, phys ed teacher, so he's gone five days a week, but he was super supportive of everything. I you know I was very lucky that way, and um, so I cared for my dad. So what ended up happening is both my parents. Passed it left me some money and I opened up a, a business in home care and I went down that road of I, I, I loved caring for my dad and, and I felt I could and I thought the world needs help our seniors need help and I went went down I went down that road now you you, you still good are you still with me I'm you, still have, you here. have you fallen asleep yet <laughs> listen I'm still here I ha- I'm writing down my questions Okay, good. So do you want me to continue or do you have any questions thus far? When you talk about your dad and the fact that you could look after him as well, and then that was the impetus behind creating something to to help seniors. I just wonder how you must have felt during the pandemic when we would hear all these very, very sad stories about people who were living in long-term residences, long-term care homes. And I, I think that it, it must have broken your heart. It did. So, it, of course. So, but the story with me is that um, it, it, like, shortly thereafter, opened up a, a Oak Ridge Custom Home Care and incorporated it with the money that I had from my parents. It was a very um, expensive you know, endeavor. And I was all full steam ahead until I started, you know, sort of, sort of started working with some of the seniors and some of the staff that I had hired. And I very quickly grew to not enjoy it. And the reason why I didn't enjoy it, and, and I, like you talk about decisions you make in a career, I, 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 I left that position, I left that company behind, because I couldn't work with people who needed help and had to pay me for it. And you know, I, I'm taking people out shopping and they're watching, they're looking at their watch and they're, you know, watching their time, knowing they only paid me for an hour. And at the end of their hour, this friend Sharon that's taking them Christmas shopping, they have to get back in my car. They're anxious because they only have 10 minutes left of my time. And it was like, I'm, if I'm ever going to work with seniors, I'm going to volunteer. I couldn't do it. And, and and I actually, when you start a company up, you have to do a lot of this yourself. I had all kinds of seniors programming at the community center. You know, when you start taking mm-hmm. things taking things on your, yourself, it becomes a whole different thing when you're trying to make money off of people who need help. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And so, um, and I, I, so I'd sort of I changed directions with that and I went into business development. I, you know, and I, I, I lost a lot of money and, 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 but you know, at the end of the day, you have to, the decision to leave the community center, I don't have any regrets with that. I can't stay in a, in an organization that is, is, doesn't sit well with my gut. I had to follow my gut, you know, 
you know, did I have some regrets at the time and, and was I angry? Probably. But in my life, the picture of my, my life, no, I, I'm really happy that I followed my heart. The same thing happened with Oak Ridge Custom Home Care. I left that because my heart was telling me this is not right for you. And um, it wasn't, you know, 21 years like the community center was, but it was long enough for me to know that this wasn't, this wasn't right for me. And you know, Tony, what's not right for me. Like one of the city, the city managers, big friend, big guy in the city, good friend of mine told me from the onset, this is not going to work for you. And I've known him since I was 17. He said, you're not going to take money from these people. And I couldn't, he was absolutely right. So um, I, I, I went on now, I because I, when you're working for yourself, it's a really different feeling. You And you know mm -hmm. that having to take how hard it is to take money yeah. for, to feed yourself. Now I work in business development. I have a, I have a couple of companies that I work for. I'm growing their business like out the, out the door, like out craziness and the amount of time I spend on it. I've got a business group that I, that I do to, to support and grow small business. And every, we've all been in these circumstances. Ageism is a thing I've gone, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, we've done the, the POW 50 and, you know, in support of, of small business and, and women in business and, and the whole nine yards. It's been, again, it's been super, super colorful, but I have had, I have no regrets whatsoever for it all. And it all, it, at the end of the day, it all makes you, you know, who you are as we, we sit here today. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And so what do you think are some transferable skills that you gained through your entrepreneurial uh, ventures or your venture with, you know, 25, 21 years with the Riverside Community yeah, Center. The Riverside, yeah. What, uh, which by the way, is my community center. And I, oh, yeah, about, it yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. I did some volunteering with the conversational English back probably like close to 18 years ago. Yeah. So, you know what? I probably was there. Right? I didn't leave until yeah. 2009. Yeah. You were definitely there. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and here's the thing, my guy um, that I, I worked closely with, uh, he's from Chile and he has since, since that time, he's gotten his degree in sociology, I think. And he, I believe now is working full-time with the government. So that, yeah. that little conversational English program really makes a big difference in people's lives. So I well, just wanted and, to. And in that community, it, our ESL program ran from one to three, five days a week. It was huge. Absolutely huge. Like, like waiting list huge. So yeah, it was, mm -hmm. uh, we saw lots of people come through that graduating, you know, door. It was, uh, it was remarkable. But uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. And I'm wondering about the you said the there was an influx of immigration. Yeah. Do you know which which countries people were coming from? Kenya at that time. And I'm gonna say it was Brian Mulrooney years in two thousand and five, but I could be could be off. But gen, like like literally, I went one of my one of my from Kenya. One of my staff from Kenya had me to. He ran for he's a he's a police officer with with Ottawa and then with the RCMP uh, and introduced me as the most influential woman in his life because I gave him his first job. So the impact that you, we had and and that community center had on on some of these people was was wild, you know. And uh, I I I knew that I had that, you know, previous to that because I did all those recommendations letter for the police force. But I mean, the yeah, it, the, the the community center was focal point of that community, and uh, it, meant, it was it was family. It meant everything to me. And leaving it yeah. was like I said, the hardest thing I've ever done. You know, to, to part ways mm -hmm. there like that. But well, and I, I remember you introduced me to him. We went to his 
when he was having some type of uh, political thingy. I remember we went to his his Office. political. Remember that? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I remember being so amazed at how how appreciative. He still he is, is of yeah. you. Yeah. Well, of of, of really the community. Yeah. Of, of everybody here, not just me, but everybody in this, you know, along the, along the way of his story. Which, and I love this because now all of our stories are kind of meshing together because I get to work with, with immigrants and refugees from yeah. all over the world. And, and I, I think employers don't seem to see the value in immigrants. I don't understand how they can't look at them and think, oh my gosh, look at how much you've accomplished. And to to come here, to make a move, to leave your home in another part of the world, to make this transition, it takes a lot. There's a lot of skills uh, and a lot of character, courage, characteristics, character, courage, yeah. resilience, all of this kind of stuff. And I, I just, I'm dumbfounded that employers are letting so many people get past them and they're not gooping them up. They are amazingly talented people and like Abdul and yeah. they, they make a difference. I am so grateful that they are part of the Canadian family. And that's one of the things that when you hear about people's stories, that they've come here for a better life, usually for their kids and they can't find employment. It is heartbreaking. And so to know that you were there and you were the most influential woman in his life, it means everything to so many people, Sharon. I So I'm going to get off, off my soapbox because this is something that is so incredibly near and dear to my heart. And I'm going to ask you, what are those transferable skills that you gained and that you've been able to hone throughout your career? Well, you know, there's there's so many. You know, it's funny because you know leadership is is honed, but it's it's innate. It's something that that you are, and it's something that I was when I was five. It was something I was when I was mm. ten. It was something. It goes way back. Yeah. So so leadership is something I continue to hone on. Like I even even bringing all these professionals together around the table for my my business group, which is is in full support of small business, and and to sit there with people that are lawyers and people and, and and you know move them along in their business it's it, that this, the leadership skills believing in yourself creating confidence you know trust mm -hmm. loyalty dedication those are not just but re like reliable those are not buzzwords you can be you know you, you can you can be the, the the worst leader that you think you if you're reliable and people believe in you you'll be just fine as you hone in on time you know as that as that moves on and communication you know just things like uh, but i think my biggest my biggest skill is that people trust me people believe in me i'm relatable you know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. all of those, all of those things, you know, those are skills that I've, I've worked on for sure over the years. A lot of it comes naturally. And, and like, I have a couple, we have a couple of young people in our business group and they love coming to this business group. I have to get you out. I want to get you out to it. And, mm -hmm. um, it, cause it's in full support of people who are doing small and new business. And she, you know, um, she, she says it's, it's because you believe in me. And I do mm -hmm. believe in people who believe in themselves, who need to believe more in themselves. I believe in people. People are generally good. And she, like, yes. it's just, I, I really, it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a business. I'm, I'm not making 
money off of these people. I do this because I really believe in the goodness of people. It doesn't matter where you come from. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I hear you talk about the people in the employment world not accepting immigrants, but it kind of blows me away in a time when we're short people Mm -hmm. everywhere for, for employment. And because I didn't live that world. I brought them all in and I gave yep. them jobs. So I, I'm right now, if you're coming to my, you know, coming to my, where I, where I work, I work in a, in for a number of different companies and they're all filled with immigration. We, for us, it's like, they're all very wholesome. And like that's the sort of the business, sustainable business that I, that I work in. And um, so there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mixed races and everybody's got full respect for each other. It's a very, it's very different than say a government world or, or whatever's going on where you're finding that there's not as much acceptance. I, uh, I see it differently um, from so, which is a good thing for you. I do see that mm-hmm. there's been some acceptance, and we're really big on in my family on you know assisting people in in need every every season and every opportunity I get. My me and my family put together whatever we can to make stuff happen for for somebody in need, and I and I and I really believe in that. So it's just not a Christmas thing. We do that whenever the opportunity presents itself. It's kind of it's community kind of the way I've lived my life. So, so it, it transferable skills are all, all of that. And, and it, you just continue to, I, I like to work. I like to make a difference, you know, what the, whatever difference I made to my kids and or to my, my family when I was 15, that, that difference would have been a little, just a little smaller than what I'm doing to a, to a greater level at 60. So, and, and, and my theme in my, in my life is, you know, is to make a difference. Well, I live every day to do that. Our days are numbered. I tell you, you get old. And I know you need to take advantage of your time. Yeah, because it is it is such a, an incredible gift to be to be alive and to be healthy. Yeah. And I'm going to mention um, a, a shout out to the Ottawa Newcomer Entrepreneurs Hub. It's called One Hub. Uh, so we're always looking for for newcomers who want to start or scale up a business and they get business coaching. And we also offer them mentoring as well. Okay, awesome. And it doesn't matter what what skill or what field they're no. in. So okay. I'll I'll send you uh, I'll I'll connect you with um with the business development person and the um the mentorship facilitator because this might be something that that your people want to help other people and and volunteer with. And you mentioned a lawyer. We also have the foreign credential recognition program. So basically, any uh, licensed occupation like a, a lawyer or an architect or an engineer yep. um, anybody who's requiring licensing they they get here and they can have a mentor who's already in that occupation so if you know those you know licensed occupation people please let them know about about the FCRP and the career mentorship program is for anybody who who comes and regardless of what as long as they're not in the government, um, well, you send me the information for sure. I'll have a look at I it. I will. I will. Because it's it's very exciting. And you see, I think that this is a wonderful example to share with the listener how important it is to make connections. Um, I know there's the word networking, but I cannot stand that word. I just find it so unpleasant. I, I, like I 100% agree. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, re- I really do. And, uh, and it's unfortunate at this point, my, my group is called the iNetwork group. 
and spill mm-hmm. stuff kind of kind of cool with a little I big N. But yeah. it's not it the idea of the group is not to network. It's actually to support each other. We're we're a support group for small business and we have hired a marketing person. What we do is we market the we don't market the group, we market the business. So each month there's a different person that we talk about a different business and and we Instagram it and Facebook it and stuff. So I do it. I support the the marketing and I do that through my business. And I really love it. I love the profile we give people. And I love the fact that people are getting free advertising to support their group. So or their business or whatever the case might be. But uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of, of networking because that's not what it is. And, and and that puts a lot of pressure on people to to do something for the group. The group is there to support them. It's completely different. Yeah, I would say so. I think I might be your biggest fan. <laughs> that's Which, actually, that's pretty funny and by you know the 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 sound of this podcast and all the wonderful things that you've said i would have to agree <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean i'm just i love listening to you i love your energy so when it came to decision making decisions throughout your career mm-hmm. what were the motivating factors for you like why did you stay at at the city for so long I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved the community center. I own this 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 turn uh, of of events happened over the course of four months. I I could see it coming. Like it it got it got unbearable, and I had to leave. The motivating factor there is I could I, I like so you know there's a lot of people in this world that could not afford to do what I did. I left my career. I could not afford, but my question to people who talk to me about it, a lot of people that know about this, I asked them, can you afford to stay? And that was the motivating factor was just, I have a family. I had young kids at the time and I was losing my mind. It was a ridiculous amount of pressure. I was the, the like I, I speak at the board of directors and to the board of directors and they were being influenced by after they were being influenced, you know, after me being there for 21 years, this is a volunteer board of directors. And Mm-hmm. These people were, were some of them were 80 years of, of age and got a free fitness membership in exchange for showing up for the meeting. And, but they were being influenced by outside sources to to make changes where it wasn't suitable. And I won't even get into details, but it was wrong. It was wrong in the community and, and, and whatnot. The, the community center after I left had a very hard time. And, and I feel responsible for that, but that's just, just the way it goes. So it's, it's it, every decision that I've made, you know, it, it, do you follow your heart every time? But these were so significant decisions based on, it's the same with when I, when I left my Oak Ridge custom home care, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't do it. It didn't feel right for me. And I had to make that decision not to do this. It wasn't feeling right for me. I'll take Gladys out for Christmas shopping any day she wants to go, but I am not taking $25 from her. And it wasn't, it didn't sit with me. I had to go back to work after that. And you still have to work. And so I shut that down. Now, what am I going to do? You know, now I'm into this 22 or 23 years. And um, what am I doing now? So I ended up working for $17 an hour and made my way to where I am right now. And I don't make $17 an hour anymore. And over the course of the last six, seven, eight years, I've managed to get myself to it. To a position that I was 10 years ago, or when I left the community center, you know, it's taken me a long time to crawl my way back. And a lot of people wouldn't have the resource to do to do what I did. And it had to be done, you know, in order for me to keep my sanity. So those are that, that those are the motivating factors. I had real reasons. I had to sit down and really reevaluate, you know, what was going on. It wasn't frivolous. 
but I was lucky to have the support around me to do it, be my family and friends. It must have been so painful to have to make that decision. Yeah, it, it is painful. I was under, like for the community center, I was under a lawyer's watch. Like it was scripted, everything I was saying to every board member every day. So it was, it was scripted. And uh, I have to be careful what I say because mm-hmm. I'm under, I'm under an, an affidavit. So maybe I, I won't say too much, but yeah, it will, in, in, you know, to answer that question, of course it was difficult. These people were my friends, my staff. I couldn't answer the phone for three months. You know, my staff were really worried. I had to walk out without telling anybody yeah it was it was a really interesting time and yeah you have to take chances in life sometimes I didn't know how that was going to turn out leaving my career in my 40s you know and that was tough (laughs) like I tell you I I swear I have PTSD I still talk about it I still think about it but having said that Tanya I don't regret it and I don't ever with my kids I don't ever Stay in something that is making you unhappy or doesn't resonate with you. Like, figure that out, man. Move on. You know, life life is way too short to be unhappy in your workplace. It really is. And, and, and it really is. So I moved on. That is so true. And I think that's how we're going to, I don't know if we should end it on that note, because I think that maybe we could end it on the note of where you are and the level of satisfaction that you feel when you go into or stay home and work no i we can we can yeah so i can speak to that actually so um through this whole through this whole process of change and um decision making heartbreak happiness i've turned my my ageism you know i talked about the fact that Mm -hmm. i turned 60 and i've in my life i got put together a couple years ago uh an event called pal 50 and it was to to celebrate women in their 50s who are very significant in the in the workplace or but but not really being respected as such and um you know if i was to do it again today ageism is a thing women in their 50 pow 50 is even it was the name of the event it's even a thing that you can you can see now it's it was about five years before its time and but it's it's morphed into something much bigger and it is a real thing and uh, people are suffering from it all around it's not being able to get jobs coming out of layoffs and stuff that are in their 50s and, and that's tough go I, i'm fortunate enough to sort of work my way with some people that i know into a position it, the, like i said it started at 17 dollars an hour after coming off a director so that was hard to swallow. I came home in yeah. years, you know, day after day. And, and my husband said, leave that. Like, this is silly. And I said, no, there's something more here. So I do their business development. I hire their staff. I hire their HR. I got their, their, I do their, I do their sales. I do their sales. I do their budgets. I brought in their coaching staff. So everything that I ever would have done at the community center to grow a team, I've done that for this company. And I have two other individual people that I'm working with just to get them their, their own business up and running. And it's just a, a, an intense level of support that, that I provide for them. And so, and a lot of it I do just because I want to help them. I don't charge them for it. The big businesses, I do. The small people, I don't. I can't tell you how happy I am. I go, we have this, this one particular spot that pays it. It pays them, it takes, takes up, I would probably say 80% of, of my business time is out of the city. So I drive there um, once a week and it's a beautiful drive. 
I mean, I'm so fortunate. The rest of the week I work here. I work long hours because I want to, not because I have to. Um, the success that I feel for that company and for the people in it who have become my friends um, is everything. So, you know, I, it, it depends on what your, your goals are for yourself. I like to work because working helps me make a difference. And and that's just, I, I've always been like that. So I'll be working till I can't work anymore. So um, that may not, that's not for everybody. I've got a lot of people. I'm 60. I've got a lot of people around me that are retired and I don't envy that. I don't want that for me right now. Again, your life and your your career goals and your employment and your path is all about you. You know, people say, you well, I don't, I, I wouldn't do that. Well, I know, but you're not me. You know, so you, you at the end of the day, you create your own path. You know, you think, you, you make decisions and sometimes you're going to have some regrets. But when you, when you put it all together, you're going to realize at the end of the day that, that that change was all for the better. We're all, you know, we're all a victim of our of our own circumstances. So the end of the day this is this is what brought us here is these decisions so i i love what i do every day and i get to talk to some of the finest people you know at some point in, in another podcast we'll talk about what it is that i do because that's fascinating working with with the group that i work with and um we'll we'll talk about that because man i work with some of the greatest clients that have ever walked the earth and i'm not even kidding when i say that it's super holistic you've been an amazing support for many people, myself included. And I can't thank you enough for coming on here, sharing your career, yourself and your soul with us, because this is, this is deep and this is important and this is inspiring. And I just want to like give you a giant big hug, quite honestly. Well, thank you. I've actually had a riot doing my first podcast so um yeah Yay. i look forward to yeah i look forward to chatting again it's uh it's it's super fun a lot of people out there that i think would uh speak to there's a lot of people that have a really cool story but uh, yeah, yeah i appreciate it you know what I, I, you know, apart from everything that we talked about today, I thank you. You're taking these initiatives that are helping people. You talk about me helping people. You've lived your life doing that. So you're bringing out the the best of the best, you know, with all the people that you're talking to. Everything good can come of this. And you know what? I super appreciate your continued efforts and everything you do for, for all of us. So, you know, enough about me. Thank you. You're very sweet and very charming, and very appreciated. This is a complete joy to be able to spend this time together. And this has been so inspiring, so motivating. You've shared your career, yourself, your soul with us. And there are no words to describe my appreciation. I'm just holding you and giving you a giant hug. Thank you so much, Sharon. Take Back care. at you, girlfriend. Wow. That was very intense and very inspiring. A big, huge thank you to Sharon for coming out to the playground with us today. She really shared her journey, her spirit, and her soul, and I am very grateful. We saw how she was able to bounce back after losing her job, her identity, and everything she had worked so hard for in her career. We learned how she was able to take skills she had developed throughout her time as executive director of the Hunt Club Riverside Community Centre and use them in the next part of her life. She spoke about the importance of listening to your gut and never staying, if possible, if you are unhappy at your workplace. Life is too short, and she spoke about the realities and challenges of ageism affecting people in their 50s and beyond. One of the things that most resonated with me was hearing her say, it wasn't just me. She recognized, acknowledged, 
and appreciated that many people were part of her success and her journey. I feel incredibly grateful to be part of her journey and to be sharing mine with her. Thank you so much, Sharon. Please join me for next week's mystery guest, and I promise you this, we will have another fantastic Career Connector chat. I really appreciate you spending your time with me on the playground. Please feel free to send me an email to tanya at puddlejumpcoaching.com. I would love to hear from you. Have a wonderful week, and see you next time when we will jump into the future together. Mm-hmm.